You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Things really set the framework in our life to begin to get some true healing, especially from the area of offense, because, listen, here's the thing, and I believe this with all my heart, that you can deal with offense, and when we deal with offense, it's something particular, it's something specific. Somebody said something to me, did something, didn't do something to me or for me, whatever. And you can deal with that. But if you don't deal with the issue of mismanaged expectations, then offense will occur again. Here's why. It's very simple. Because you can expect something from somebody, but if they're not prepared to give it to you, then there's going to be a natural offense that's going to take place again. Do you understand? We're going to explain that in just a second here. Let's read this passage in Matthew 11, verses 1 through 6. It says this, After Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went out from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? What's John doing? He's asking a very sly question. Maybe it's a little passive-aggressive. I don't know. But here he is, and he's saying, hey, this doesn't feel like what I think it should feel like. This isn't what I was expecting to happen. And we see this word expect here, and the assumption can be for us that something is not being met in John's life, that he's having to go send his disciples to go talk to Jesus. In verse 4, it says, Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus understood it too. It's pretty clear. But I think there's a lot to learn from this simple passage of how we relate in our expectations and how we allow the Holy Spirit to control that as so that we can honor people, that we can grow in relationships and we can have our needs met and we can avoid offense. So how does mismanaged expectations, how does this happen in our life? Just think about this because as I rattle these off, some of you are going to immediately click into these. Here's one way. Things don't go the way we planned. Things don't go the way we planned. Any planners out there, any people that live by a schedule, have an expectation of schedules, things don't go the way we planned. We have mismanaged expectations. Another way is when we set our expectations in the wrong place. We're going to talk about this in in some detail in just a second. Is that when we set our expectations in the wrong place, when we're asking too much of somebody or we're uh, we're asking for something that somebody can't give, then we can have mismanaged expectations. When our perspective gets out of focus, when our perspective gets out of focus, we begin to lose sight of some of the things that really matter. And sometimes mismanaged expectations happen when our needs become too great. That we begin to look at other people to meet all of our needs instead of looking at the one source that can really meet our needs. And we begin to slip into this trap of mismanaged expectations. And I know that 
there is a lot of room to debate this concept, but the reality is, is that it has the same effect no matter what you think about it, is that when you get into a place of mismanaged expectations, it is an ample opportunity for the enemy to begin to move in your life. So what problems come with mismanaged expectations? Again, we're just setting the foundation here. Well, if you're anything like me, we withdraw. We withdraw. If we have and deal with mismanaged expectations, we begin to withdraw. If people can't help us, then we'll pull out. Sometimes we lose faith, especially in the area of mismanaged expectations with God. We lose faith and we begin to doubt. We begin to doubt. We get wounded, offended, and distrustful. We become overly self-reliant. And we will begin to separate from relationships. And all these things serve the purpose of the enemy to get us to become isolated, to withdraw from people, to get out of community, to begin to doubt the goodness of God and begin to distrust God and people. So how do we fix mismanaged expectations? This isn't going to be a long sermon, but I believe if you would with me take notes, this is going to be good and powerful. Just a couple of things. I want to give you just a a little bit of a diagram here. Now, first, we're going to talk about with people. How do we deal with mismanaged expectations with people? The first thing is this, is that we have to assess our source. Whenever we have an expectation, we are looking for it to be met by something. We are looking for our expectation to be met by something. If we need to be reassured, we are looking for that to be met. If we need to be uh, consoled, we are looking for that to be met. If we need resource, we are looking for that to be met. If we need self-esteem, we are looking for that to be met. And so the first thing that we have to do is assess our source. So the first question is this. Where do we find our source of joy and fulfillment? Where do you find your source of joy and fulfillment? Because this is a, just a, a very true reality is that your first source of joy and fulfillment has to come from the Lord. It has to come from the Lord. When we begin to look at this and we begin to see this, what, what happens is this, is that we can begin to acknowledge, because if my expectations are here, if this is my expectation line, this is what makes me happy, right there, happy face Andy, Andy's in a good spot right here, and all of this is my heart, my needs, I don't know, maybe that's food, I guess. That's a bad food spoon bowl right there anyways. Maybe it is my self-esteem, how good I feel. Maybe it's my future. Maybe it's my encouragement. All these things. If all this is my expectation of what I need in my life, if I am not pulling from the right source, it is not going to be met. And we have to begin to assess our source of where we be, get our fulfillment. And we do this by defining 
reasonable and unreasonable requests. See, this is what happens is that if we look for a place in our life to meet these needs and it comes from a person, if this comes from Kim or this comes from my kids or this comes from a friend, what happens is this, is that they may not be able to come up to this level to do that. If my need is here, and I'm asking Kim to secure every issue of my heart, she may not be able to do that. If I'm asking my kids to give me my self-worth and encouragement, they may not be able to do that. If I'm asking my friends to give me self-esteem and value, they may not be able to do that. And because of that, there is a gap. And we have to assess what we are looking for when it comes to our joy and fulfillment. Because the question becomes this, are we asking more from people than they can give? Are we asking more from people than they can give? Now here's what I want to show you is this. Is that when there is a gap in our relationships. Now I want you all to think about somebody in your life that you have had that meant something to you whether it's a spouse or your child or a friendship. And when you begin to place your, your expectation of fulfillment in those people, what takes place is this, is that sometimes you begin to ask more than what they can give you. And as a result, what happens is that we begin to dishonor these relationships. We begin to pull away from these relationships and so what God wants to do is this, is that he wants us to begin to look and understand that there's, there is the primary place where we begin to get our fulfillment, and that comes from him. Because what takes place is this, is that if we're not careful, we're going to create this gap. There's a saying in, in uh, the, the UK, when you ride the subway, and it's this, it's, before you get on the subway, it says, mind the gap, because there's a gap between where you stand on the, the platform and where you get onto the train. And the reason they put that there is because people don't pay attention to that. They don't look down at their feet, and as a result, you can trip, you can get hurt. You can, some people have even died. And the same thing can be true in, our, in the nature of our relationships. When we don't pay attention to this gap right here, what happens is that we can get into a place of dishonor. Because we begin to rely too much on something that people have never, God never intended for them to give us. And when that happens, what happens is that we begin to dissolve these relationships. We begin to create chasms in these relationships. And we begin to look at these people the wrong way. And it stops the flow of love in our life. And so the first thing that we have to do when it comes to understanding how to manage misexpectation is this, is we have to address our expectations. What are we trying to get out of people? Now, now here is the thing. Now, I want to just draw this back to the word because some of you are going, okay, okay, hold on, slow down, slow down, slow down. All right, here's the thing. John is in prison. And John is in a place in his life where he is looking at Jesus, and his expectation is this, I should not be here. But what he is doing is that he is looking at Jesus, 
as a cousin, as a friend. And he loses sight of something that is eternal. And he loses sight out of something that Jesus, the cousin, can't provide him. And he almost slips into a place of dishonor here. If we look at the scripture, I want to challenge you to read it through this lens. Because he's asking something of Jesus, the cousin, that only Jesus, God, can give him. And we're going to see that as we read scripture here. All right. So we have to mind the gap. Are there things that we need that people can't give us? The truth of the matter is the gap still needs to be covered. So what do we do when we have these needs in our life, but we keep looking down to people, and people can't meet that need? That's the question. Is that we have to begin to look to the Holy Spirit, don't we? Is that we have to begin to redirect our expectations to the one source that can begin to fulfill us. Because here's the thing, is that some... Some people are in situations right now where you are angry with these people, that you're upset with these people because they're not giving you what you need. But the reality is this, is that they cannot fulfill you and bring you joy. Only Jesus can. So how do we do that? The first thing that we need to do when we go into the Holy Spirit is this, is that we have to push into grace. We have to push into grace. This goes both ways. This goes both ways. Why, do, why does this go both ways? Because we need grace, don't we? So we have to push into grace. We have to understand that we have to begin to step into the place of grace and, 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 and begin to see people the way that Jesus sees people and love people the way that Jesus loves people. That's the first thing. Because none of this gets mended. The goal is not to break relationships or to, to begin to dishonor or not love people because you're not getting something from them. The goal is to show them the love of Christ, but from a place where you are fulfilled. Now, let me stop and say something really quick because this is really important. Now, I want to talk about this, and I want to talk that not all needs are the same. I need to address this because there is a bit of a wisdom, and I want to, I want to hit both sides of the coin here. Now, spouses... Parents, children, friendships, we want to conduct ourselves in a way that we are always trying to show honor so that this relationship is growing closer all the time. But that need is not always met, is it? People don't always give us and respond the way we want them to. They don't give us everything that we need all the time. But we should seek to do that. And by no way, shape, or means is this permission whatsoever for any kind of abuse or neglect to be tolerated. You need to hear me on this. This is not permission because if you are a spouse in a relationship where there is harmful behavior taking place, God is not asking you to look up at him and to suffer in a place where there is mental, physical, or emotional abuse. Some of y'all do not like what I'm saying right now. It's all right. It needs to be heard. 
Because this is not a platform for us to roll over and play dead. That is not the purpose here. But here is the thing. This is to protect honor, to keep us in a place of fulfillment and joy that God can give so that grace can abound and relationships can grow together and offense can be removed. Because if you don't get this straight, if you don't deal with mismanaged expectations, what will take place is that continually there will be little offenses that come up and you will deal with it offense at a time. But if you begin to let this be satisfied and let the Holy Spirit satisfy this in your heart, then I promise you, these things will be wiped out. All right. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit. So first thing we do is we push into grace. Push into grace. The second thing that we need to do when it comes to asking the Holy Spirit is that we have to ask for healing. We have to ask for healing. There are some of you that have had wounds in your heart from what people have said. They're not, they're not necessarily big, huge things, but they're things that have been done. And there needs to be healing. We need to let the Holy Spirit heal that. I want to tell you something. Listen, when we learn to go to God, for the source of our emotional healing, it begins to make us steadfast. It makes us steadfast. Hmm. Hmm. We need to trust Him to remove the stumbling block. There has to be a stumbling block that's removed. I want to show you this in Scripture. Matthew 11, verse 6, Jesus makes his statement. And he says, blessed are those who are not offended on account of me. And this word offended is, is, is amazing. I talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to bring this back up. This word offended is a Greek word, scandalizo, to scandalize. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are not scandalized on account of me. But I want to tell you what this word means. It means this. To see another, to see in another what I disapprove of and what hinders, hinders me from acknowledging his authority. I'm going to say that again because you need, you, need you need to hear this. Because Jesus looked at the crowd after John's disciples left, and he looked at them, he looked through them, he looked at us, and he said, when it comes to this interpersonal relationship and managing expectations, because remember what John said. Hey, guys, go to him and ask him. Ask Messiah, the scripture says. So it's not even like John is pulling punches. Come on, pay attention. Here's the deal, because these words matter. John is being very passive-aggressive here. And he looks at his disciples and he says, Go tell the one who I baptized as Messiah, who I saw and heard God's voice and the Holy Spirit come down on the Jordan, the one who is supposed to redeem all things. Go tell him, is he the one or should we expect somebody different? John made the cut threw a bag of salt in it, and rubbed it around. And then after Jesus got done showing the disciples everything that the kingdom was, 
He turns around after they left, and in Matthew eleven six, 6, he said, Blessed are those who are not offended, who are not scandalized on behalf of me, on the account of me. And this is what this word means. To see in another what I disapprove of and of what, and what hinders me from acknowledging his authority. When we allow a mismanaged expectation to begin to hinder the reality of the love and the authority of God's ability to care and comfort for us, we become scandalized. You see that? There's a stumbling block. And we have to take our responsibility in that and say, God, there have been areas that I have looked at other people to fulfill me when I should have been looking at you. And I've allowed their responses and their reactions and what they did and did not do to begin to impair how I see you. Mm, It's a stumbling block. And so we have to have the Holy Spirit remove that stumbling block. All right. So, the next thing is this, is that we have to go to the Word. Hmm. I don't like talking about this stuff any more than some of you guys like hearing about it. Because um, it, uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Real talk. I mean, come on. Nobody wants to hear that, that we've been dealing with mismanaged expectations. But as much as I don't like talking about it, as much as, 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 as some of you don't like hearing it, it is the truth. But not only this, this is your key to freedom. This is your key to freedom. Because sometimes there can be a stronghold that is set up in this place. And what we do is we look down and said, if mom only did this, if dad didn't do this, if this didn't happen, if she didn't do this, if he didn't do this, if they didn't say this, if this didn't happen, blah, 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 blah. And we create all these defenses around the wrong thing. And it's a spirit of offense. And it becomes a stronghold and a stumbling block to us. And it impairs the way we see God. And then it impairs the way that we love people. And this has to be dealt with. So when we go to the word, this is how we get and we fill that gap and we let the Holy Spirit do it. We go into grace. We go into grace. We go into grace. I'm flawed. They're flawed. We're all flawed. We all need Jesus. We ask the Holy Spirit for healing. Yeah, there are wounds and I'm acknowledging these wounds and these are real wounds. They're not fake wounds. They hurt. They hurt like the dickens. And I need you to heal it because guess what? People cannot heal your soul. Oh, man, that, that, that stings. That stings. But I want to tell you why that is so healthy for you. Because God is the one who loves your soul completely and perfectly. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to care for your soul. He wants to care for your spirit. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal those wounds. And there has to be healing that takes place. And we have to remove the stumbling block. We have to acknowledge and say, God, yeah, some of these pains and these wounds have impaired the way that I I see you and in turn impaired the way that I have honored or dishonored people. And I need your healing. I need you to remove this. And we have to go to the word. And what that means is this, 
is a way that you anchor yourself by faith as you grow and as you fill that gap. Now, if you're dealing with needing to have your self-esteem built up, if you're dealing with needing to, to feel loved, if you're dealing with needing to feel secure, then you need to go to the Word and anchor yourself in the Word. And anchor yourself in a scripture that, that reminds you of the truth of what God is doing and how he is supplying and meeting your needs. Oh, and as he does that. Now, what I've seen that's so amazing is this. Before we flip the script and we talk about how we deal with mismanaged expectations from God. That I've seen and I've been a benefactor of this in so many ways. Sometimes more, more when I'm down here, if I can be honest is that if people have loved me and they sought their fulfillment from God, is that not only has it shown me Jesus, it's also healed me and brought me up. And I can promise you something supernatural happens when we do this and we follow this principle, is this, is that God begins to shorten this gap. He begins to shorten this gap. He heals marriages. He restores relationships. He mends and heals our soul. He brings honor in situations where there has been dishonor and ugly words and unkind things spoken. He begins to bring healing. I promise you guys, the goal is not this, is not so that you, you don't ever have to be relying upon people. The goal in this process and the principle with this is that it brings together and healing, an opportunity for healing and reconciliation and life and love. I promise you. I promise you. All right, let's flip the script. Everybody okay? I need, I need somebody to laugh or breathe or something. Thank you. <laughs> all right. My wife's not staring daggers through me yet, so I'm going to all right. <laughs> Why did you do this? Oh, you guys, I wish you guys could all stand up here and look at, look at you guys while, you know. <laughs> we need to make this fair, all right? <laughs> oh, jokes. Let's talk about how we deal with God, all right? Because I think this is really some of the times that our biggest fight. Some of you are like, man, I'm good with people. You just way overshot that, Pastor. Yeah, I know. Some of you, you know exactly what I was talking about with people. Some of you might be dealing with a place of offense. And I want to tell you something. Listen, I pray that, I pray that everybody is good that most people are good in this situation on both sides of the fence. But if there ever comes a time where it's challenged, you have to have the principles in place to be able to handle it. Now, I want to reread this scripture that we just read in Matthew 11. I'm going to read a bigger chunk of it, but I want to read it through the lens again of now John talking to having a conversation with God in his heart. We'll pick up in verse 3. It says, go ask him, are you the one to come or should we expect somebody else? In verse 4, Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A, a reed swayed by the wind. If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes. No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you. 
who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence, and the violent people have been raiding it. For all the prophets of the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Whoever has ears, let him hear there's a lot to unpack in that. We're going to do it very quickly. Now, I want to talk to you about dealing with mismanaged expectations to God. And just a couple of things. I want to encourage you to, again, just write these down really quickly to think about, to pray about. If you've ever been in a place or you are in a place where you're dealing with maybe a little bit of offense with God. The first thing is this. is timing may be everything. Timing may be everything. And this is just simply understanding God's perspective versus our perspective. I've already talked about this in relationship to John here. John expected something else. He expected the fulfillment of the kingdom, which is a a really, really uh, important conversation that was being had during this time period. That they were expecting somebody to come and liberate him. And maybe John misunderstood that. But the thing is this, is that John expected more and his timing outpaced what Jesus was doing. And sometimes our mismanaged expectations with God come when we try to make things fit into our timing. Sometimes our mismanaged expectations with God come just when we try to, we try to make the timing of God happen. And this is especially true when we're walking through difficult situations. There's not one person that probably can't identify with this, is that you are going through something that feels devastating, and you're asking God, and you have the reassurance, and maybe you've, you've, you've felt God say something, you've read something in the Word, maybe somebody's come up and spoken something to you, and you know it's coming, and you're just like, God, can you just get it over with? Can you just deal with it? Can you make it happen now? Like, here's when this should happen, God, yesterday. I don't want to wait. But what we have to do is that we have to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And what this means is this. How do we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? When it comes to understanding the timing of God, is this, is, I think there's three ways that I, I've, I've done it. I want to give these and offer these to you because some of you feel like you're in this limbo place of, of, of waiting for the timing of God to happen and you're trying not to get frustrated with Him and you're managing your expectations. But this is how you stay in tune with the Holy Spirit is you have to stay connected to the Word of God. Because there is a tremendous amount of scripture about keeping us in a place of peace in life, even while we are walking through the storms of life. And you need the reassurance, not just from the word, but the understanding that there are other people who did great things for God that walked through similar situations. The second way is this, is that you have to stay in peace. How do I know when the Holy Spirit is leading me? I connect into the Word first, but I stay in peace. Why? Because I know that the Holy Spirit leads me in peace. And that's not a peace that sits in the, in the place of my mind where I know, like, look, I got the answer that I wanted. It's the peace that reassures my soul and allows me to put my head on the pillow at night and sleep soundly through the night. I hope you can see the difference between that. 
because the Holy Spirit leads us in peace. But the third way that I've learned to listen and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit is this, is that having a healthy soundboard around me. And that means this, people that I ping these things off of and I listen to, people that I know who have walked through situations and have had to trust the Lord and listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and I put these things in front of them. I have a friend in New Zealand who is a prophet. His name's Peter, and I love Peter because Peter really hears the Lord, and he's a great guy. He's a really great guy. You should know Peter. Peter's great. You would love Peter. All right, just trying to get y'all to smile a little bit. But I'll ping stuff off of Peter all the time. I'm like, Peter, I'm going through this, man. And I'm like a Dear Abby letter. I'm like, oh, it's so bad, Peter. It's so bad. And Peter always does this to me, and it makes me angry. As he goes, wait on the Lord, brother, I'll be praying for you. (laughs) What? You're prophetic, man. Give me the answer, dude. I need to know. And then about two weeks later, he'll say, I was asking the Lord about you, praying for you, and, and I feel like the Lord is telling you just to relax and wait, and it's going to be okay, or whatever he might say. But I appreciate that so much because you know what it does is it makes me put the brakes on. And when you have people in your life that have, you can trust, that you know love the Lord and have followed the Holy Spirit, that you can begin to ping things off of, guess what? It brings a reassurance to you, doesn't it? It acts as a confirmation. Timing may be everything. The second is this, is that when it comes to mismanaged expectations with God, we have to redefine good. All right, brace yourself, all right, because this is going to be challenging. Because sometimes good means waiting. Sometimes good means no. Sometimes good means discipline. Sometimes good means trusting God for the lessons that we did not know we needed. I can't tell you how many times in my life when it comes to this mismanaged expectations with God, what I have learned is this, is that being able to hear God in the know, in the stay, in the wait, in the rest is just as important in being able to hear God in the go, get up, move, change direction, take a step. Being able to hear God in the discipline to say, Andy, I am working something out in you that maybe you don't understand and trusting God for the lessons that I need to learn that I did not know. Oh, my goodness. Jesse, come on up, man. We have all got a story like this, where we have walked through something and we thought we saw God one way, and we didn't completely understand it. There was a whole season of my life that looked like that. I've told you this story before. I'm not going to go into detail on it. I church planted in my hometown for two years, and it failed. And God called me. And I confirmed it, and I felt peace. And sometimes when we have to reconcile that in our life, we deal with this area of mismanaged expectations with God, don't we? You know what I learned was this. Is that there were things in my life that I did not know I needed, but God knew I needed. 
that had to happen in that two-year span of time. Things in my life where God asked me to trust him, and those things became valuable things to me. And sometimes we don't see those things when we don't learn to wait, when we don't learn to trust, when we don't hear no, when God says no. When we don't feel his hand of disciplining when it comes. This does not mean that God is not good. It means that he's exceedingly good. And he loves. And he knows you and he cares for you. And we have to redefine good because good doesn't look like all the time that we get what we, we want in that immediate moment. Because oftentimes when we are going through a crisis and we're dealing with some mismanaged expectations, whether it's coming through people or it's coming from God or both at the same time, what we want is coming through the issue and the pain and the damage of our soul. And God's perspective is so much greater. He doesn't see things the way we do. And we should all be very happy that he doesn't and that he loves us. Because in those times, he knows what we need, even though we might not know what we need. And when we choose to trust his patience and we choose to hear his voice and we choose to love his, his hand on our life, what takes place is this, is that we receive something that's so much greater, that's so much greater. We redefine good. God is good. The third thing is this. Is asking the Holy Spirit to keep eternity in our hearts. I think it's impossible to read this passage in Matthew 11 and not understanding the outcome and not know that this is an important thing when it comes to sometimes dealing with the, the areas of mismanaged expectations with God that can lead to offense there are situations in our life where we can only see them. We can only see certain situations through the lens of eternity. They don't really make sense on this side. And listen, I want to tell you that if, if you've been in that situation, and I know that I have, I know many of you guys have too. It's to fix your eyes on eternity. Because this world is not the final chapter. No, it's not the final chapter. One of the most beautiful things that I think about this story is this, is the way that Jesus didn't rebuke John's disciples. He didn't rebuke John. He actually, he actually boasted about John. What we just read. Because he understood the tenderness of the human soul, I believe, with all of my heart. And I think he understands us in these moments of pain and where we deal with mismanaged expectations. And he encourages us to, to set our eyes on eternity because things really begin to make sense in that situation, don't they? We have to remember that we don't just live for this world. But when we begin to set our eyes on eternity, we begin to get a, a greater source and a sense of fulfillment. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to enjoy this life. That he doesn't want to bring fulfillment to you on this earth. No, he does. And that's why he is so persistent about bringing us into a place of healing. That's why he loves us so much that he'll draw us into these tough times where we address these things and let the Holy Spirit heal us. 
But there is also equal truth in the sense that we have to fix our eyes on eternity. Because friends, when we look, there are things that we do on this earth and everything that we do in the terms of relationship and investment should all have an eternal focus. We talked a little bit of that last week. That we have to keep our eyes on that in the same way. There are things that maybe we don't quite understand on this side that will become perfectly clear in light of eternity. They will. I promise you. And what I want to declare to each of you that experience that pain, and, and some of you know specifically what I'm talking about, because there's some things that, that happened to you and things that you lost and people that you lost that it didn't seem fair and it didn't make sense. And I understand, I really do understand. And what I want to declare to you is the great grace of Jesus Christ. Because the last thing is this that ties us all together. And this is where God wants to bring us is that he wants us to understand that he is the good shepherd and he cares and he knows and he loves. And I want to tell you that if you're in that seat of, of pain, that place where something isn't reconciling and there is a pain or offense directed toward God, that there is a place of healing that God wants to bring you, to bring you into renewed life, and for you also to understand that eternity is where we keep part of our gaze. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you this morning as we just wrap this up. I hope that this made sense to some of you today. I hope that it offered some healing to some of you today. I believe with all of my heart that there are people here today that are dealing with these mismanaged expectations in one of these two areas. And today, let there be healing for you. Let there be healing for you. Let the Holy Spirit begin to heal you. Let him begin to heal you. All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. And I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Let's have a moment between us and the Lord. I want to pray for those folks who are dealing with mismanaged expectations from people. Somebody hurt you. You're looking, you're looking for some fulfillment, and maybe you're looking in the wrong direction. Now, if that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. Yep. Come on. All right. Thank you. Just put it down. Now, get, now, Father, this is what I'm asking you to do. As I'm asking you just to begin to heal. Lord, heal that wound that is, sits in the seat of our soul. Lord, from what people did or did not do. Lord, heal that wound. Remove that stumbling block. Lord, let grace abound. Lord, turn our eyes to begin to see you as the fulfillment of that area of our life. Lord, restore honor. Restore honor. Let words of grace and love flow. Holy Spirit, just let your healing come right to the area of that wound. And let the reminder that you are the God that cares, that you are the good shepherd, 
Lord, that heals. Let it just begin to heal that wound and bring life. Lord, we make a decision this morning to trust you as a place of our fulfillment. Father, begin to heal relationships, Lord, as we look to you. Begin to close that gap. Lord, begin to remove offense, the spirit of offense. Lord, heal us. Remove that stumbling block. We tune in, Lord, to your authority. We hear your authority, not through the lens of the things that have happened to us, but through the truth of what you, who you are and what your word says. And the Holy Spirit, begin to make a complete healing. I want to pray for those this morning that have been offended by God. I have a mismanaged expectation by God. I'm not going to ask you to slip your hand up. But I'm just going to ask you just to make your, bring your heart into a place to receive. Lord, I know that even in my own life, Jesus, like you said in Matthew eleven six, 6, there have been times that I have been offended by you. That what you said and what you did didn't reconcile, it didn't make sense. But Father, I thank you for your timing. Lord, and I trust your timing. And those here today, God, that have dealt with this, Lord, we lay our hands down and we say, God, we trust your timing. Father, thank you, Lord, that in the process, Lord, between the fulfillment of what you've promised and now, God, that there are things that you are teaching us, the ways that you are growing us, things that you are doing and healing inside of us. And so we acknowledge you as good, that you are good. You're not good based upon what we think. You are good because it is who you are. And we trust your goodness. And we listen to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you. We thank you that you are the good shepherd. And I pray for these folks, Lord, this morning that, God, you would begin to completely both reassure their soul, Lord, and bring peace and bring the understanding that you are the one who loves them and cares for them. And that, God, that you have never left, that you haven't missed a beat, that you haven't missed the mark, not a timing, not an opportunity, Lord, but you are faithful to complete. And do what you said you would. And so, Father, I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Would you stand to your feet, please? Thank you for being here this morning. I love you. I'm thankful for what God is doing here. I'm thankful for what he is. And I want to bless you this morning. I also want to remind you, parents, if you are here with your teenagers and they're in the youth, that you've got a lunch to go to at 1230. And it's going to be wonderful. And uh, it's going to be great to meet our new youth pastor, Chris Owasco. So let me bless you. Father, I just thank you for your grace that just, just exceeds us, Lord, it exceeds our some of our our, our questions and our shortcomings, but Lord, it surrounds us. Lord, it just, it covers us, and I thank you, Lord, for that. So Lord, just cause your mercy and your goodness to overwhelm every person today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday for our trunk or treat.